this summer. Your local movie theater will become a tent revival for proclaiming Jesus. And you're invited to be a part of this unique evangelistic campaign. Join with believers nationwide for the Million Souls campaign to bring unsaved family and friends to watch the powerful new movie, The Firing Squad, starring Kevin Sorbo and Cuba Gooding Jr. The Firing Squad tells the incredible true story about prisoners who find faith in the face of execution and transform their prison in the process. As the movie ends, co-star Kevin Sorbo comes on the screen to lead the entire theater in a prayer to commit one's life to Jesus Christ, providing an on-site opportunity to introduce family and friends to the message of Jesus. Go to FiringSquadFilm.com and learn how you can receive free tickets and more to the Firing Squad and participate in this unique theater event. Bring your friends and your family and bring your faith. That's FiringSquadFilm.com to learn more. Uh, Still, as we look back at today's uh, game, uh, what would you say the highlights were? <laughs> uh, the highlights of today's uh, program were uh, some interesting things going on in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Still, to this to this moment, uh, we get into some of the developments with the Nazarene Fund and how that uh, particularly uh, the, all, all those efforts are going on. We have to be a little bit vague here, but yeah. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, stuff. Johnny Moore is telling us what the um, White House is now working on. Maybe uh, we pull all of our troops out of Iraq. We, that was a story today. We talk about Glenn's public meltdown on my program, Stu Does uh, America, last yeah, okay, night. Thank you uh, you can see that, that uh, yeah. all over the internet. In fact, yeah. it's almost everywhere at this yeah. point. And we also tell you uh, <laughs> the CDC and their uh, changing of language. They're not in their own lane. They're way out of the uh, the lane into telling us what is healthy language. That and the cancer that is stew. <laughs> all on you. today's podcast. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and throw us a rating and review as well. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. You've got this program you're listening to right now, as well as Studios America, available Wait, wherever I, you get your podcasts. Let's be honest. It, it, it might be four stars, but you have to give us five stars. It might be one star, but you have to give us five stars. Yeah, it's a moral imperative. It is. Enjoy the podcast here. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Stu's been talking to me about my opening monologue here on, uh, <laughs> on you know, being you know, pro-life, uh, and now for the other side. <laughs> oh, is that? Is, I mean, I'm just saying that's what it sounds like. You're, that's what it sounded that's like That's what it you. sounded like to me. That's what I heard. That's that's what America's about to hear. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's good to see you smiling. <laughs> it you know, is. it's good to see you smiling. Yes, thank you. A- after thank yesterday's uh, Stu Does America, it where might be, you basically America melted might, down on national television. American might not <laughs> hear that you are completely pro-choice i mean let them decide <laughs> oh yeah and people might think you're sane after no. watching that interview thank you, you very know? much for and that. Thank, uh... you. thank you i appreciate it <laughs> i actually watched that interview uh oh. uh oof and uh i don't think i've ever have i ever been like that you were it was just you were raw i mean you came out of a briefing where you got some particularly disturbing news about all of the efforts in afghanistan and everything that's going very on disturbing that we can't really talk about yet but you were just at the end of your rope which is which was understandable yeah um you know of course you didn't handle it well 
Just that I said that I would relinquish my passport and move to Canada, which I stand by. I stand by that. Yeah, no, you 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 stood by it. I mean, yeah. there were a couple of things we had to take out just for security reasons, but uh, everything else we put in there. And you said that, and you stood by it, and um, so I mean, I, I don't know that. Criticizing, and I want to thank you for putting it on social media. That no, that was nice. It was nice. I do think it was really important for people to see. I mean, I, I to, to see you know with all the stuff you've been doing behind the scenes and all the stuff you've. Everybody that's involved in this effort has had to go through in such an impossible time. I mean, I think it really showed sort of what's going on off the air. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wound up happening on the air, but it didn't feel like it. No, it didn't. <laughs> did you know we started the interview? Yeah, I wasn't I sure. Did. At one it point, was I'm weird. like, does he it know was, he's on camera? It was weird. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, very weird. But anyway, anyway, you can watch it. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll make sure we send it out again. Oh, thank so. you. Thank you very much. Anyway, so um, <laughs> Stu's for killing babies. <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, really? Because uh, I was listening. All right, okay. All right, all right. I was listening to your monologue where yeah. you're like, you know, if you want to, in other states, want to kill babies, go ahead. That's totally fine. I just don't want to do it in Texas. Is no, here's a, no it's, here's okay. a, <laughs> such a jerk. here is the my stance on that is we're already in a cold civil war we already live in two separate countries we do we don't understand each other at all uh and apparently nobody wants to listen to each other so you know what if you are so i just love killing babies um, because I'd never heard of something called a condom, uh, then you know what? You should go move to where, you know, you can make all the ovens that you want. We'll continue to stand against it and point to you and say, look at what you're doing. You're killing children. But I'm glad that Texas is standing alone. I'm uh, not alone. Not alone. Not alone. I'm glad we, that, that there are several yeah. states now that are starting to move and say, no more, no more. So, uh, and to, just to show, we're both very pro, very pro life. Very pro life. To, to a point that, like, this word has a negative connotation to it. So I want to qualify. Extremist. It. Extremist. <laughs> I am a nonviolent extremist when it comes to the issue of life. I, I just, I don't, Ow. I, I, I don't see. Uh, any reason I, i'm not like one of these people like well if you really want it for x y and z reason and what if it's only in this time period and like look life i you know i think people should be able to live it's weird so i it's think i stance I, I i have struggled i have struggled with the rape thing yeah no i know it's you know, very difficult it's very difficult um but i think that puts you into an extremist yeah category mm-hmm. but i think that's right although i don't want to be the judge of that i i was i mean this is not really where we were going to go with this but no. here, here's how i would break that down for people who are thinking about the the rape uh, issue you have three people involved in this i know three people okay you have a rapist the victim of a rape and a child right so you want so, them you want them punished by a baby that's what you're is that what you're I, I don't want them punished with a baby. Right. Okay. No. Right. I would think that we I think would all agree, right? Yeah. That the rapist should be punished. Yes. Okay. We would all agree that the victim of the rape should not be punished. Correct. With a baby. I don't no, want not them punished no, no. with a baby. <laughs> we would all agree that the, the the victim of the rape should not be punished. Yes. And we would all agree that the child should not be punished. Correct. So we are left, unfortunately, in a situation where we have to punish 
one uh, of the two. quote unquote one of the two. Yeah. And so you are either choosing to punish the woman. That's a really good way to look at it. Thank you. Uh, you're either choosing now to. You've, you've to, already made your point. But I haven't finished it. Right. If you're either choosing to punish the woman. It's a little redundant now. With, with this child she may not want and bring terror. And I think conservatives at times blow this off. Just have the kid. Like this would be an incredibly, incredibly. traumatic and yeah, awful, awful experience. And yes, sometimes you get there are positive outcomes out of it where your child from something like this could wind up being a, a real blessing. We've seen cases of that. But still, think about how you you have to deal with nine months no, of I essentially know, torture, torture. Of, of reliving this awful event. It is a, an excruciating experience. However, you also have to you. It's not in a vacuum. You have to compare it against what the other outcome is, which is ending an innocent life. You have two choices here, to end an innocent life or to have a woman go through an, a terrible, terrible situation. Neither one is good, which is why, by the way, we've made rape illegal. It's one of the real, one of the main reasons, because it shouldn't ever happen. But we can't, is is it right well, to punish the child who's done nothing wrong? No. Because the, of the, or the uh, mom. It's, they're, you're right. They're both really bad. Really bad. And by the way, I want you to know, it's not child rape what the Taliban is doing. It's not. Uh, no, it's not. It's something. It's marriage. It's marriage. It's child. Ma- it's, it's marriage. Child, it's just it's marriage. Just and they not don't, forced marriage. They are not okay. looking at the social constructs of oh that's inappropriate. Oh, you're such a tight ass. If you're not willing to mm-hmm. say hey, a prude, a thirty year old could marry a twelve year old. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> They're our allies. Anyway, and that's a different story. <laughs> providing us security. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with the Texas law is it doesn't have any teeth to it. And I don't think it can, but it doesn't have any teeth to it. It is only giving us, giving the average person uh, standing in a court case. Yeah. It's a very, I mean, this is why it's so such a novel approach. Uh, by the way, yes, you sound like you're pro-choice now, uh, and I just want to point that out. Why? Why? Uh, because why you're the one that's saying there's a problem with the law. I haven't even said that yet. Uh, <laughs> yet, but yet. But I do think. I honestly don't think uh, it's going to last when it goes through the court system. I, I think basically what it what it what essentially, and I would love to hear. I, maybe we can get a legal expert on on this because I I am not one. But if you think about how this works, basically, like a woman goes in and gets an abortion at 12 weeks. The, the police can't do anything about it. The, the state officials can't do anything about it. They're prohibited in enforcing it in any way. All it does is that someone, let's say in Minnesota, gets wind of this. They can file a lawsuit against not the woman who had the abortion, but potentially the people. The doctor and the, the doctor and who the worked nurses. there. And, and it, it actually is super broad and vaguely written. It says mm-hmm. anyone who's a, who aids and abets. The example every mainstream publication is using for that is you could even sue the Uber driver who drives them to the abortion. Right. Now, that seems to be totally. That's where uh, I went. Right. That's when where I saw that. I, when I saw that law, I was like, Uber drivers. Right. Now, would that. Get em. Would you win any of these cases? Not necessarily. Every every justice, every judge could say, screw, screw you. This is frivolous and we're not going to do it. However, it, it every single time this happens, it's going to cause the abortion clinic, you know, money as far as defending it. And and it's going to cost the court system and resources. And so there, so like the the idea, I think, is make it so such a hassle to do an abortion. They just don't do them. Gosh, you right? wouldn't think of the progressives 
would be against anything like right. that. It sounds very progressive. I mean, it's very progressive. It's like, you know what? Gas station. Gas station attendants. You see a drunk person filling up gas. You're responsible and you could go to jail if you let them do it. Wait a minute. What? So I mean, that is the same thing, except they attach jail time to it. Right. Now, I happen to be a pro-life, nonviolent extremist. Yes. Okay? So I really want there to be zero abortions. Uh, however, it, it, I, I think this if this was the way our laws worked regularly, we would have like think if you're It'd in a liberal bad. state and they were like, think of climate change. Every person who has an SUV is affecting climate change. You can sue them. Anyone in the country can sue them because they bought an SUV because we've passed a law that says climate change. Shh, keep this to yourself. Right. Like, th there are a lot of examples of this. I just don't think this is how our laws work. I think what they've done is craft something really interesting. And what the Supreme Court said last night was not this is allowed was that basically it needs to go through the system and we're not going to stop the law until it goes through the system. But even... Even the conservatives in the court seem to express some doubt, some doubt whether this would last. Yeah. Now, the, the conservatives have also made the point over and over again that what the left is doing lately is every law they don't like, a justice comes in and makes a national injunction against it and stops it from being implemented and doesn't allow it to go through the system. And that's what the conservatives, I think, are standing up for here. Not necessarily even this Texas law. They're standing up for the ability for these things to go through a system and go to the Supreme Court the way they're supposed to. Don't cut the corners. You know what I really like about the left is the way that they hang everything on the Supreme Court until they go against them. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> the they, minute they yeah. go against them, like, you know, did you see that, that New York is extending the uh the you know what do you call it the the pay no rent oh the eviction yeah ban. the eviction mm -hmm. moratorium mm -hmm. they're expanding it what do you wait a minute how are you, well, <laughs> how are you doing that process wise though what the supreme court said on on that one was you can't have the CDC just blanket do this. They don't have the power. Okay, so, so they the could, state of New York does? They said Congress could pass a law, and, and the state, I think, certainly could pass a law. Now, I, I would, I would argue... Reason number 575,871 <laughs> not to live in New York. Now, I would say, again, I disagree with that. Like, I don't think a state can pass a law saying you can't evict the people you're in the, i don't that's think that's insane right and i don't think that would hold up in court either however that's not what the supreme court uh, came down with on the eviction ban they said the cdc can't do this if you want to try to do this go through congress and we'll deal with that but again even that i think is ridiculously unconstitutional you it it completely flips the free market on its head yeah there, there's there's no there is no such thing as private property like how could you sell anything no you can't like if you were going to sell a car Mm -hmm. I'm going to sell a car and you have to make five years of payments. And then at any point, someone can just step in and say, well, you know what? Ah, three years. Forget it. They only had to make three years of payments. Sorry. What do you, well, why would anyone ever sell a car again? Because I might get I might only get 60 percent of the money. I may get 10 percent of because the money. Because if the government is the one that is the backstop, that's that's why you're not hearing this argument on student loans, mm. because the government is the backstop. Right. So nobody cares. They'll they'll. OK, well, we'll make the loan. We're going to get our money. Right. And that's you know, and that, wrong for other reasons. It's, it's wrong all the way around. <laughs> it destroys the free market. It is why our uh, our schools are so expensive. It's one of the reasons. 
because people wouldn't be able to do it unless the government was doing the loans, because most people would go in and try to get a loan for, you know, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of education for feminist studies. And they would go, I don't I think you're kind of a bad risk. Yeah, I think you're a bad risk. (laughs) Well, summer is coming to an end soon, but our outdoor life is still for the taking. Nothing brings family and friends together quite like throwing some delicious food on the grill. And no grill will cook your food quite like a Rectech. With its smart grill technology, the Rectech rises above the competition to create the ultimate cooking experience. Imagine throwing on those perfect steaks, those juicy burgers and hot dogs, and maybe even, you know, a vegetable or two if you're feeling like crazy, and having everything turn out absolutely perfect and delicious. Well, with Rectech, that's exactly what you're going to get, because it monitors its own internal heat throughout the cooking process and makes sure everything is heated evenly. Meanwhile, you can monitor everything from an app on your phone or a device. If you're looking for a new grill, look no further. It's time to get a Rectech. Follow Rectech. Tech on all social media and sign up for their newsletter at Rectech with a Q at the end dot com. That's R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. A man that I am truly proud to call a friend is the right reverend Johnny Moore. Uh, he's the author of The Next Jihad. Uh, and uh, he also is um, uh, part of the K Company, kcompany.com. He is one of the leaders that is trying to save Christians all across the world, and it is really bad, and I wanted to talk to him about the Afghan alliance uh, here. Hi, Johnny. How are you? Hey, Glenn. Good morning. Hey, by the way, congratulations. I you got like i don't know humanitarian of the year or something like that from the simon wiesenthal center i think it was last week and i found out about it it, it i mean that's that's quite an honor look i mean glenn uh, all, all of us uh, have the opportunity to impact people's lives because of people helping us and and, and the, the fact of the matter is you raised your voice and your audience responded for years, you know, on, on, on these issues and, and every single person that has supported the Nazarene Fund that has responded to your call to action, you know, they get to tell their future generations that they were involved in saving the lives of, of generations of people. I mean, because that's what it is. When you save one life, you don't just save one life. You save the family, you save their children and their children. And you have shown all of us uh, what is possible if we just like don't just pay attention and pray and care, but like take action and because of this, you know, people, people's lives are saved. It's really a, a, amazing um, that you would bring this up because I've, I've thought of, you know, I'm, uh, my last name is Beck. Uh, and, you know, that's obviously German. And while my direct descendants are, are here, were here in America by the late 1800s and some of them in the mid, um, they, I know that I have relatives over there and I wonder what side were they on? Did they do anything? And it was really important for me when I did my genealogy to see that I had two great, great uncles or I don't know what they were, but they were lived in the time of the Civil War and they fought for the North. Uh, one of them died in the notorious uh, concentration camp for the South uh, and one really never recovered uh, from it. But 
they were on the right side. And that meant a lot to me. And this this time is like those times. That's not an exaggeration, do you think? No, I, I, I don't think so. I, people don't know the difference between good and evil right now. And, and if you do see the difference between good and evil, you, you, have, to, you have to act and you have to respond. And you know, one of the things that's just driving me insane this morning is the news you know, co- coming out about uh, the, the Biden administration already, uh, literally today, a, a, a anonymous senior government official, which is probably Rob Malley, the Iran envoy, in the press talking about American willingness to negotiate with, with Iran again. You know, the, the fact that the, the Taliban was meeting uh, in Beijing with the Communist Party two weeks before, you know, they, they, they started their, their, their march in, in, in Afghanistan. And we're living in a time where the, the, the people with the most power in the world, you know, our governments, you know, allegedly, they don't see the difference between good and evil. But the truth is, we have more power than our governments when we decide to raise our voice and act. And that's what we've seen in, a couple, in, in the last couple of weeks. We've seen Americans that said, if our government's going to screw it up and they're not going to save lives, well, we're going to take the situation in our own hands. And we've saved thousands of lives because of it. But you know what? It's about the next battle. It's about the next, the next crisis. And, and a lot of people are really fearful that the Biden administration is going to turn around and do in Iraq what we just saw happen in Afghanistan. And I can tell you, I can tell you, if you think what we've seen over the last two weeks is awful, we haven't seen anything like it. Uh, if, if, if they go turn around to do the same thing in Iraq. You don't think they, you don't think they are, do you? Are they seriously but, but considering Glenn, that? Glenn, Glenn, I know that they are. Oh my God. I know that they are. They're, t- they're, they're talking about it. They're, they're considering it. And we have to remember, you know, now you start looking at things differently. I mean, our, our, our defense secretary, you know, Lloyd Austin, and, and, I, and, it, and it's a good opportunity you know, to, to remind everyone that no one in the U.S. government has been held, held accountable for, for the, uh, the, the debacle that we just saw. But Lloyd Austin uh, was the senior U.S. military officer in charge of the withdrawal in 2011 from Iraq. And, and this weekend, I was just sort of reading around, and I found a news article from The Atlantic in 2016, looking back at the Obama administration, and it quoted the fact that Lloyd Austin, our Secretary of Defense, was the one who told the, uh, President Obama uh-huh. that, the, that the ISIS militants were the JV team. They would be a flash in the pan, and history is repeating itself. And, I, and I'm just telling you, I'm telling you, if they move in the direction of making a deal with Iran, of letting the Communist Party of China, you know, in effect, take over Afghanistan That's and happen. withdrawing from Iraq. I mean, this is a war. Uh, this is a war in the Middle East like we feared for a long time. This is this. I mean, yeah, well, maybe one that's been fort- foretold for a long time. This is a block uh, that is influenced and protected by China. Uh, railroads right over um, India, through Pakistan, through Afghanistan, into Iran, and possibly into Iraq and Syria, you've got a line to the Mediterranean Sea. I mean, it's, that's, that is, I mean, for as, as good as things were getting in the Middle East under uh, uh, Donald Trump, as amazing as that was, this is just as far in the opposite direction, maybe even further. We, we, had, we had just come out of the greatest era of stability and prosperity in the Middle East that we maybe have, have, have seen. And, and now we're seeing the keys of the Middle East 
handed over to the Communist Party and the mullahs in, in, in Iran. And this has to stop. And, and we have to keep saving lives, too, because all of these people are, are, are in, in harm's way. And we have to make sure that, the, that, that our elected officials aren't you know, able to just move on from this. I mean, at a minimum, you know, a lot, a lot of Americans, you know, My Faith Votes did a survey that said that 91 percent of people of faith in America think that an impeachment inquiry should be open. There's a lot of public opinion here. At a minimum, Senator Chuck Schumer should call the whole Senate back to Washington, D.C. and exercise a unanimous censor resolution of the president of the United States. Don't allow the White House to spin this story in the way that Americans don't believe it anyhow. But it's time for our elected officials to hold them, hold them accountable. But the clock is ticking. We have to do more to help to help more people now, because I'm, I'm afraid to say that this is not the the last chapter in this awful story of the summer of 2021, it may very well be the first domino to fall. And what happens in the Middle East affects us, the whole world. It always comes back here. Um, uh, Do you have any timeline? Have you seen anything on timelines on Iraq and what the signs are that we should be watching for? You know, the administration has already talked about, you know, drawing down, drawing down troops. Uh, in, in, in Iraq. And the fact that on this very morning that you have government, senior government officials speaking unanimously to the press about engaging Iran, if we pull out of Iraq entirely, we are handing the keys of Iraq uh, to, to Iran. And the ambitions of Iran have always been regional. They've been, you know, th- in fact, they talk about it openly. They've wanted to have influence in Afghanistan. They've wanted to have, they've wanted to basically run Iraq. They, they want, they've wanted in the past to take over Bahrain, you know, the country that has uh, you know, was at the heart of the Abraham Accords. They would like to surround the the oil-rich Sunni majority kingdoms and essentially export their Iranian religious revolution, their extremism, but also take all of the natural resources and remake the world in their image. And for an administration that 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 acts like that, they are the great champions of human rights. Every minority. Every religious community, every member of the LGBT community, every single person, every single one of them, they are facing not the prospect of death, imprisonment, the loss of their livelihood in future generations. It's not the prospect of it. It is going to happen if this if this takes place. And I, I just I just want the Biden administration to sort of like save us the moral platitudes and do your job. And the first job is to protect American interests with our foreign policy, not to lead from behind and to hand the keys to tyrants, whether they're in Beijing or Tehran. Uh, Johnny Moore, thank you so much for bringing us up to speed on this. Uh, I have been I have not seen that story today, and that is extraordinarily important. Um, uh, Thank you. Thank you very much. Johnny Moore, uh, you can follow him at thekcompany.com or on Twitter at Johnny M. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. You know, Stu, what would the two things in government that you would be like, man, I want them laser focused on things. I want them laser focused on their job. Now, yes, it's true. I'd like them all, you know, FAA, 
probably should be laser focused on their job. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? I want them to concentrate on that. Um, military. The military would be my number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They should be laser focused mm-hmm. on that. No, no, nothing else. Nothing else. Just getting that job done. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. I think the CDC would be one of those things. Yeah, I you think know? that's fair. Yeah, yeah I yeah. want them. I don't want them concerned about some new woke movement. Yeah, I really want them laser focused on is the airlock sealed. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. We've that seen what stuff. happens uh, when other yeah. countries maybe don't have the airlock yeah. sealed so well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and you know we used to think that no news is good news from the CDC. <laughs> when the CDC speaks, you're like. Okay, why? Why are you talking? What? 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 What's going on? Is there a seal that's mm. broken? What happened? I saw that movie. That wasn't good. So, eighteen months ago, we never thought of the CDC because they were focused on their job. But eighteen months is like forever ago, right? Now, since the CDC has been able to unable to control COVID nineteen, they are apparently attempting to control something else. Now, I want you to know, you cannot control COVID nineteen. Let, can we please get over this? I told you when it before it when it was in China. If this comes here and goes around the world, we will have to live with it for the rest of our lives. It's like the flu and the flu of 1918 is still going around in one form or another. It's why we get shots. So can we stop making this into Ebola? It's not. And we're going, you can't cure it. You can do things to slow it down. You can do just like a flu shot. You can prepare for it. You can make the the symptoms less severe. And we should be doing all those things. Come up with therapeutics that will help lessen the symptoms. There's all sorts of things that can be done and are being done. Right, right, right. Well, as long as they're approved, as long as they're approved, don't don't talk to Joe Rogan. He (laughs) is, I mean, we should crucify him. I know. Uh, the media loves Ugh. this story. And, and but by the way, the the fact that someone who is skeptical of vaccines or some treatment or whatever, and I don't even know if Joe Rogan really qualifies for that. His comments have been totally benign as far as I'm concerned. And and but anyway, it, the fact that someone who's skeptical of vaccines g- gets sick is not a news story. It's not. It's not a news story. I will say also, it's not a news story if someone gets vaccinated and gets sick. That neither one are news stories. They're not news stories. They're part of a statistical profile that goes on. Some people who think vaccines are really bad are going to get COVID and get sick. Some people who get vaccines are going to have breakthrough cases and get sick. Neither one of them are news stories. When one of them occurs because you know the person's name, I'll give you Tom Hanks. That's the cele- oh, Tom Hanks. That first one, we're like on day two of COVID. Tom Hanks gets COVID. That one I'll give you. Outside of that, I don't really wow. need to know. I can't believe I'm working with an extremist. Anyway, <laughs> let me go back to the CDC. All right, they they are now trying to control language. Language. Now. I mean, I want to talk about not being able to read a room. Uh, CDC, you really have one job, and it's an important job. It's not like, you have one job, go clean the toilets. You have one very important job. Make sure the seals around the door (laughs) don't crack, okay? That's your one job. And if you are confused by that, 
all you have to do is look at the title on your card. Okay. The D disease. That's what you need to concentrate on disease, but not in the Biden administration. No, no, no. In this white house, in the insane asylum that has become this uh, White House, any government agency is able and free and encouraged to weigh in on matters of wokeology. So I don't know if you saw this the other day, but um, I, I thought it was worth mentioning here that this week the CDC decided to provide Americans with its new preferred terms for select population groups and communities. Oh, good. I was wondering about this. What select groups and opportunities Mm -hmm. can I learn about their preferred terms today? Right. (laughs) That's what I was thinking, right? That's what I had had it on my calendar this morning, just that way. Right. From the people who, they're not quite sure if the seal was broken on COVID. No, who knows? You might want to. Just anyway, um, that's the lane you should be driving in. I just wanted to let you know. Stay in your lane. Uh, now, I learned, you probably learned, sticks and stones may break our bones, but the wrong terminology will murder us in cold blood every single time. I'm pretty sure that's the way it went. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Uh, so here they are. And if I may quote our fearless leader, this is no joke. No joke, man. This is real. The guidelines you can now find at cdc.gov. You are no longer allowed to call someone a drug addict. Okay, a drug addict is off the table. Off limits. You now have to call them a person who injects drugs. Now, to me, that sounds worse. First of all, it sounds worse. It takes 10 times as long to say. And what if you snort your drugs? Exactly right. What if you're addicted to prescription drugs and you're addicted to prescription drugs? You're comparing me with a heroin user? I mean, I'm sorry. I may be addicted to drugs, but I don't stick needles in my arm. Just from the perspective of just economy of syllables here, that's a long phrase to describe Mm -hmm. someone. Mm -hmm. Well, try this one. Stu, Mm -hmm. don't you dare ever call me an alcoholic ever again. Now, some people have a problem. They're like, you're an alcoholic in recovery. Eh, clunky. I'm an alcoholic. Okay. Mm. I am in recovery, but... I'm an alcoholic. Okay. Uh, You can't say that. Either one of those. Now, I'm a person with alcohol use disorder. No. No. Nope. Uh -uh. No. I'm not. I'm I'm a sloppy drunk. That's what I am. (laughs) I'm a sloppy drunk. Again, like that doesn't help. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Don't. Are you not listening to science? This is the CDC. Why on earth are they dealing with this? Uh, You can't call people who smoke cigarettes smokers anymore. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that term can kill people faster than smoke. I almost said smokers. Oh, there I did. I said it. Oh, my gosh. I'm in trouble. You have to call them people who smoke, not smokers. People who smoke. I now I wish. Why on earth would that be better? I don't or know. Worse. I oh, mean, it's not please. worse. It's just the same thing. Someone who's a smoker. Why, people, I'm just a messenger. Why you're crucifying me on this? I don't know. I'm not making this up. No joke. This is what they told me. This is real. This is happening, folks. No joke, man. Come on, man. Don't <laughs> refer to someone as homeless. 
Instead, they are a person, person. experiencing housing insecurity. Home on. Just the sil- Well, homeless is two. Mm-hmm. What is it again? A person experiencing housing insecurity. What are we, 15 syllables? From two, seven times the syllables? That's not appropriate. If you were... Just if, because... If we were just normally because calling... You are, you are syllable resistant. A person who resists syllables, no, thank you. you are... Yeah, because you are a person <laughs> that is... Resi- you, uh, you have a syllable... A person with syllable disorder doesn't mean the rest of us have to go down that path. I mean, I could kind of understand this if we were going the opposite direction, right? We went from 15 syllables to two. Okay, okay. that makes sense. No. Okay, Um, and you can't say people are mentally ill. Even the people who wrote this list, I can't call mentally ill. Okay, can't do it. Can they be an exception? They are people with a mental illness. Now, you might have detected a pattern here. Yes, I have. All right. Uh, There really aren't that. They're not that different. They're just putting the word people in front of a lot of it okay (laughs) right like they're saying essentially if i could understand maybe their logic here is that they're trying to say you are not defined by your alcoholism the good you are just a person who happens to deal with this this ailment the good news is is that the left is recognizing people as people they don't normally do that they've Mm -hmm. been dehumanizing people for a very long time i.e. abortion babies and uh, anybody who disagrees with their vaccine nonsense or any of that. Uh, You're not really a person. But the good news is the CDC wants us to recognize that these are people. For instance, they're not just stupid employees of the CDC. They are people that work for the dim-witted idiots at the CDC. There you go. Right? Mm-hmm. Or the dim-witted idiots. No, sorry. The people that suffer from... Idiocy? Idiocy and <laughs> dim-wittedness <laughs> okay. that work at the CDC. I'm just saying. Right. So you can't say insane. That's insane. You're insane. What are you, insane? Insane in the membrane? What are you? What are you? What, you, what, what, are, you a, what are you, a person with a pre-existing behavioral health disorder? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's effective. Yeah. What are you? What? What? What's the? What are you? Uh, a person with a pre-existing behavioral health disorder? You got to say that a couple of times before it really. Health disorder. Pre-existing uh, health disorder. So that's twelve syllables mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of the two of insane. Okay, so rural people. Rural, rural people. people. Does anyone go? Hey, yeah. Hey, what are you? A rural? Is that a thing? You rural people. You damn rurals out there, <laughs> screwing everything up. Yeah. You're not rural. You're people who live in a sparsely populated area. <laughs> Come on. These are not real. These are real. Go to CDC.gov. People who live in a sparsely yes. populated area. area. If you, you can't use the word elderly anymore. They're older adults or elders. That's the only one. Oh, that one's good, though. We're that cutting. Elders yeah. is better than elderly. Yeah. Yes, it I is. think they've improved that. I think now, that why a- on earth they're spending their time doing it, I don't know. But elders is I think faster. They, I think they're pretty sure that all the seals work. I think that's. I think that's what it is. So they haven't led a a, a particular. They haven't funded any research that led to a global pandemic today. Today, so they can do this. They type can of thing. do this. Okay, they're like, it. hey, I don't think we're funding <laughs> anything really spooky in 
China or, you know, some gulag in Russia. So what do you say we work on language? I think they are still doing that funding, but that's a whole other <laughs> situation. <laughs> I can pretty much guarantee it. Uh,